This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 50 for the week of November 5th, 2006. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisenshu EX, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening... And just a little tad bit of entertaining along the way. This is episode 50. Wow, we're getting up there. I am Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and to my less than proverbial right, we have Mary. Yo. How are you? Drippy. You are drippy. Yes. From the nose. Right. As long as it's not like from the butt or something. Oh, as far as you know. Ugh. Ugh, No coughing! So horrible. (laughs) Do I need to send a doctor over? Or an ambulance? As long as it's not Dr. Garrow. Okay. I'll send Dr. Mew over instead. <laughs> I want Dr. Briefs. He's a nice doctor. Mm. He gives lollipops to good children. Dr. Kureha? Julian, how are you, sir? Well, I'm feeling a lot healthier than you two seem to be. Yeah. No, I think Mary's okay. She's just... It's cold, so she's sniffly. No, yeah, I'm actually pretty sweaty in here. Well, that's because the windows are closed. Mm. I, on the other hand, uh, the instant we started recording the podcast, got a horrific cough. We shouldn't drink soda. It's not soda, it's root beer. It's still a caffeinated product. Like Carbonated, rather. Well, I was thirsty. It tickles your throat. Yes, well, it's episode 50. We are closing in on that one-year anniversary mark for the podcast. I feel so old. Me too. Uh, Me in the middle? Me three? Well, uh, we have a lot of stuff to hit this week. We have a contest that we're doing. We have lots of news. We have releases. We have some emails. Well, let's just uh, get on into the news then, shall we? Yes. Julian. Yes. As always, we have Japanese video game news. And I wouldn't say this is the sole reason we have you, but it's a very convenient reason. Mm. So uh, we've got a new skin, courtesy of Go Nintendo, from the upcoming DS game in Japan. Yes. Is there uh, anything interesting in this one? Well, let's see. Looking at the blurb in the upper right-hand corner, it looks like this is kind of an evolution of the RPGs that appeared on the Famicom and Super Famicom. Ah, interesting. They're addressing it directly. Yeah. So it, that sounds kind of interesting to me. I mean, difficult to say exactly what that entails because I never played those games. But <laughs> um, but I don't know. That that sounds interesting. And it looks like you also have these things called energy cards that you can use to control your own actions, etc., etc. The main people who fight are going to be the Z Senshi, but there's other. It's not really as, as oh, opposed okay. to what the cast from Kenshin. Well, as opposed to things like. Oh my guess. Uh, I see. I'm not really clear about that. Uh, I am enthralled with the little pixel art at the bottom of the page here. They are so <laughs> absurdly cute. I love them. Aww. So, uh, again, this game's coming out in what, spring 2007? I believe so. Very cool. And uh, as always, as soon as we get more information, we pass it along to you, the lovely podcast listeners and website visitors. Yay! So unless there's anything uh, really striking you there, I guess we'll move on. All right. All right. The next bit of news is video game related and only indirectly related to Dragon Ball, but it was important enough that I think we should mention it this week. And that is that the import online retailer Lixang is uh, closing their doors. Well, they're, you know, metaphorical internet doors. If you don't follow video game stuff, there's all this shit going on between them and Sony. Um, Sony didn't like that they were uh, selling... Japanese PSPs in the European market, and they were concerned about the upcoming PS3, and in response, they were getting sued into oblivion, and then Lixang made this uh, asshole but awesome move where they published the names of um, European Sony executives that bought from them. So there's all this nonsense going on. (laughs) But uh, so they've kind of closed their doors. And the reason this is significant is because a lot of people buy their import Dragon Ball games from this site in particular. I see. So if you've purchased from them in the past, it's uh, time to find a new retailer. And if you had any orders open with them right now, say, for example, Jump Ultimate Stars, uh, those orders are getting refunded and canceled. So that kind of sucks. However, um, you know, we don't generally like to give free plugs or anything because we don't get any kickbacks in return but you know if they're good they're good the preferred online import retailer of choice here at Dyson Chewy X is indeed Play Asia. I've used uh-huh. them for a couple of years now and 
I always get great service, and they throw in coupons and stickers and stuff with every order. So going on over at Play Asia right now, the DBZ Hit Song Collections. Haha, <laughs> I said it right. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're selling all of the re-released CDs for about seven fifty a pop. That is a great That's deal. damn cheap. That is awesome. That's cheaper than CDs in this country. <laughs> that is so <laughs> Like, we true. were just at Best Buy. I'm like, why do CDs still cost this much? I know. This is ludicrous. Mm, because, what is it? Oh, crap, I don't remember the line. Diamond-studded swimming pools don't grow on trees, damn it. <laughs> What's that from? Uh, don't download this song, Al Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, in case you haven't been following, Columbia of Japan re-released all 20 uh, DBZ hit song collection CDs this, this year, what, just a month or so ago? Something like that. Pretty recently. So they have, you know, vocal songs on the show, a couple of remixes, and lots and lots of image songs. If you like them, check them out over on Play Asia. Very, very cheap. Before Play Asia gets sued out of oblivion. Exa- well, you know what? If Lixang's out, then Sony's gonna you know, find someone else to go after soon. I think Play Asia is the next biggest one. I don't really oh, know. Dear. You know, we, we kind of transition very naturally from video games to music there. So let's keep mm-hmm. going with the music stuff. This was yep. brought to our attention on our forum because we have lovely, lovely people who tell us stuff while we're at work. And there is a new CD coming out in Japan later this year. <gasps> Julian, what do we know? Well, we know that there is a new CD coming out <laughs> entitled Dragon Ball Z Best New Mix 2006. The catalog number is COCX37... Or, yeah, not, not that. Uh, COCX34074. I can't count. <laughs> Um, and it is set for a December 20th release at a price point just over $20. We don't know what's on it yet, although we assume there's going to be, you know, Dragon Ball Z songs, because (laughs) that's the name of the CD. Right now, there's no track listing, so all we know is from the title, Best New Mix 2006. So, what is, yeah, what does everyone think? Remixes? Redone versions? Redone versions would be cool. Well, right. In 2005, we had Makafushigi and Hedchala, the, mm. you know, quote-unquote 2005 versions that were really just, uh, like, updated MIDI versions. So what do you think? Mary, what do you think? What do you want? What do you I think? would what do you like... Want? I want remixes. Remixes yeah. of the old recordings? Sure, why not? Okay. I, I want new recordings. But... I want new recordings, too. That's what I want. But better than the ones that they did for <laughs> yeah, exactly. singles. We really don't know anything, but it's fun to speculate. And that seems to be the news for the week. That's uh, some of it's sad, mm-hmm. but some of it's happy as well. And, it's and more... that's the way it works. <laughs> I guess so. Julian always sums it up well. That's the way it works. And with that, uh. it's time to move on into the topic for the week. Cough. <laughs> Our topic for this week is my coughing. Our topic for this week is something that we like to call rivalries. Right, this is going to be another one of those topics where we get to compare things, kind of get in-depth with the characters. People really seem to like these episodes. It means we don't have to make a real outline. Exactly, we get to just talk like nerds, like we do anyways. Except we get to record it and put it out as a podcast. Well, I am in favor of that action there, Michael. (laughs) I am glad. (laughs) Mary, do you have a voice? I like the sound of my own voice. Except that I don't. So <laughs> That's why you don't listen to the podcast. No, I, I can't. It, it makes me <laughs> cry. you got to talk more like me. Or me. Don't you think? Anyways, Julian is my rival. No, so, no. No, 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 not at all. We're going to... Uh, um, something. And as I would normally say in response, bite me. So, continuing onwards into the topic, we're going to kind of base this around a single rivalry in the show and compare that to other rivalries within the same show and to other shows, and not necessarily just shows. So, uh, who's, the, you know, the big rivalry in Dragon Ball Z? Ooh, 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 ooh. It's, 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 it's Bulma and Cheech, wait. Bulma versus the crab! As everyone knows, Bulma versus the crab is the quintessential shonen rap. Wait, no! Giant enemy crab? No, there are no crabs. There is no historical crab fighting in this game. <laughs> this is Goku and Vegeta. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Goku and Vegeta. Not Goku right. versus the fish. Um, while that was the first rivalry we see, it is not the most important. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> Naruhodo. Naruhodo. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyways, so we're going to kind of stem from these two, and I want to compare them to other rivalries in the show. The biggest one's probably going to be Goku and Piccolo, but let's just start with Goku and Vegeta. What defines their rivalry? How does it start? I mean, we'll have to explain the show a little bit just to kind of get there. Two of them, um, same race. Someone take it from there. Oh, so they're they're like Saiyajin and stuff. <laughs> yes. Only one doesn't know it and stuff. Yeah. And junk. And, and, and junk. Yeah, and like Goku gets his tail chopped off and the bump on his head and and and, and he fights on the side good, and and he's cool. He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Until like this other guy showed up and told him what was what, and that was really confusing for all parties involved. Yeah. And then Vegeta showed up. You know what? Thanks, you two. Good hustle. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> you know what? You're both fired. <laughs> that was a condensed version. What do you want from us? I want... all over again. <laughs> oh. Let's... No, come on. Let's get into it. Goku and Vegeta. Okay. What? Why are they rivals in the first place? Is Vegeta this... said so. I was going to say, is this one of those cases where someone just decides it? It's also like Vegeta decides it and Goku just knows he has to fight the bad guy. Right. Oh, yeah. He's kind of dumb about it. It's kind of like Vegeta is really, really pissed off that he, who is royalty, managed to get defeated by this low-ranking warrior who doesn't even remember his heritage. (laughs) And Goku's like, wow, fighting him was really exciting. I need to do that again. Um, It's like, let's have a play date, okay, friend? He's like, no, no play date. I kill you. They're both like, they got to fight against each other again at some point. But they've got different reasons for doing that. Goku just likes, you know, fighting. And Vegeta's really... Like, I'm going to kill you for insulting my pride. He's uh, a little concerned that his uh, little tail might be a little too small compared to someone else. Well, he is a shorter man, really. So, do we have the... Uh... You know what they say about men who are shorter. Yes. Well, I... No. <laughs> Let's not get into this with these characters. I know I kind you of... You totally have to read into it when no, we're doing rivalries. No, no. <laughs> It's almost obligatory. <sighs> All right, so we have the initial fight between these two. And, you know, the entire series kind of leads itself up to another fight between these two Mm -hmm. later on. Um, Did it work? I think so, because the initial fight between them is, at its most basic level, simply good versus evil. And it's kind of unresolved, really. Yeah, and that's juicy. Juicy conflict. I mean, like, characters have survived battles before in Dragon Ball, but... This is the first one where you feel like this this guy's really unredeemable. Why why is he even letting him live? Why didn't he just let Cody even do the deed? You know, right. Slash him across the back. Right. You think Goku could actually let someone do such a, a physical murder that way? Well, no. I, I don't know how just to describe murder it. in general, I don't think he's capable of letting anyone do that. No matter how evil they are. I mean, that's the whole point of who Goku is. I mean he'll fight the bad guy. He doesn't want to kill. Does he him. ever fight to kill? He has killed? Uh, more so in the movies than in the regular series. True, that's something very interesting. He doesn't hesitate to kill anyone in those movies. I mean, no. granted, people like Broly come back, right. and Kula comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't want them to. Well, what else about these two kind of defines their rivalry? Is, is there anything that, you know, the typical line with Vegeta is, again, especially in the movies, I'm not here to help you. I'm going to be the one that kills you. Or he says that to other villains that might well, be beating exactly. up. It's like, hey, you don't get to kill him. I get first dibs on him. Right. But I think in their case, Vegeta's rivalry is more based on, you know, his ego got oh, yeah. hurt. Total, and, total and ego. Goku, I don't want to say he's yeah. oblivious, but maybe he well, kind of is a little bit. I think somewhere deep down he really respects him, but he doesn't play it that way. He, he's just acting like, you know what? You don't deserve to have the power that you have, and I'm going to show you that I'm better than you one day. Right. Uh, He kind of does, kind of doesn't. And then we do have that great scene where he finally admits uh, someone else is number one. That's someone else. So these two, their rivalry starts really when they're adults. Um, They don't know each other as children. They never really had any interaction. Like we were saying, Goku didn't even really know what his heritage was. Uh, I want to compare this. Well, let's uh, start with Goku and Piccolo. Initially starts Goku, I guess you could say he's a child. He's he's a teenager by this point. 
Yeah. Still looks like a little kid. Yeah, but he's like 15. Right. Or 18 by the time of 23rd of those Right. So it kind of starts with Piccolo Daimo and it moves on. Really, I don't know if there's much of a rivalry there as much as it is just more typical good and evil. Yeah. It's only one, I guess, carried over hatred. Right. With the Piccolo well, that we know. Yeah. Does that make that rivalry then because someone has. Because it's embedded in his genetics, oh, yeah. kind of. Well, okay. with Piccolo Jr., it becomes a kind of rivalry because. I think it's partly because Goku shows him kindness at the end of the tournament by not killing him. Right. He lets him live, and then he's all pissed off, like, one day I will kill you, and then it never really comes to anything. Vegeta biting off his uh, story here. Yeah, I, I mean, that's even the way he plays it when they're fighting against Raditz. He's like, I'm not doing this to help you, I'm doing this so I'll be able to take over the world. It's excuses. It's really funny how all of these like key lines that Piccolo uses the exact same things that transfer over to Vegeta so in their rivalry. Vegeta's the new Piccolo. I really way, think so. Because it's the Pic- same thing. Piccolo becomes Uncle Piccolo. Right. <laughs> Piccolo gets a brand spanking new role, which oddly enough fits him. It does. He, so he, disgustingly well. He works really well as the straight man in a kind of comedy act. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody's being by the really arc. stupid around him. He's just like, you know, face palm. <laughs> All right, well, from here, we've kind of, on a very basic level, described these two rivalries. I want to talk about other shows as well, and kind of these, um, like we were saying, the quintessential shonen rivalries, and how they're different from each other. The first thing... First off, we we definitely have, uh, of course, uh, Shampoo and Akane in Rama. Wait, what? (laughs) What was I saying? (laughs) I think we were going to talk about Ranma and Ryoga. (laughs) Oh, okay, that's... And this is going to be Mary's department. I mean, I've seen it, right? but you know it. This was my obsession pre-Dragon Ball, or maybe kind of during. So, Mary, mm-hmm. uh, Rumiko Takahashi, yes. best known not for Inuyasha. Oh, maybe nowadays, sadly, <laughs> but truly. For us, it was for Ranma. Mm-hmm. Describe Ranma and Ryoga here. All right, Ranma and Ryoga. Now, this is kind of an odd example to pick, and I think we will later go back to this. Um, is that in the grand scheme of things, this is not as old as we could be no. treading in but terms we're of like, there. yeah, I know we're going to go there. And this isn't necessarily, you know, a hugely widely known rivalry in anime dumb. Or maybe it is, because I, I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff, and I just couldn't think of anything that stood out. It's to a good me, one. as much as, you know, this rivalry. I, li- I like how we're going to be able to compare it, though. Right. So that's why it works well. I think one reason it works well is the fact that it lasts throughout the entire duration of the series. Right. Um, I guess I should talk about how their rivalry even started. Well, before we get into it, one thing I want to say is just I like how both between these two and then Goku and Vegeta, there's a stupid character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is such a shame because I love Ryoga. He's one of my favorites in that show. Right. Is he um, the one who lusts after the red-haired girl? No, that's Kuno. Oh. Who I also love. That would, <laughs> that like... would bring a really dumb aspect to <laughs> All right. So, Ranma okay. and Ryoga. Their history starts off in, I believe, their junior high, where during their um, lunchtime at their all-boys school, there was always battles for the best types of bread that was being served <laughs> during Takahashi. lunch break. Um, and Ranma, being, you know, the, the martial arts expert of the school, would always get the best bread. And he'd always step on Ryoga's head. And Ryoga's like, someday I will defeat you, because you took my bread. And Ron was like, okay, I don't know who you are. Well, at least there's something there. So so one day, Ryoga challenges Rama to a duel. He sets uh, an appointed date and time. Ranma shows up. Days go by, Ryoga doesn't show up, despite the fact he's the one that, you know, made the arrangements for this thing. Eventually, Rama decides after a week, okay, I'm going to go home. <laughs> at which point, Ryoga shows up. And... Uh, um, in his mind, assumes that Ranma chickened out, abandoned their battle as a man. He's right. no longer a man. He's, you know, chicken he's a, shit. He's a loser. So, um, obviously Ryogi's got a little problem with directions, having not shown up at the battle, which was behind his house. <laughs> um, I think a couple years go by, and Ranma goes to China for training, eventually comes back to Japan, and he's living with the Tendo family. And Ryoga tries to f- locate Ranma... Throughout all these areas, he he ends up going to China to find Rama. He falls into a spring, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, that too. He blames Ranma for his transformation into a pig because it was Ranma's fault. Uh, <laughs> at this point, Ranma had become a girl. Oh, not become a girl. It, it, it's a Takahashi manga. A, he got the curse to turn into a girl whenever he splashed with cold water. And 
So right here, he knocked Ryoga into the spring of the drowned pig. So technically, Ranma is at fault for Ryoga's poor curse, and then that was even more motivation for Ryoga to go hunt down Ranma. So right here, we already have blaming someone for things that happened to them, right? And just past rivalries already creeping up, but someone's not quite aware, right, that this rivalry exists. Like with the bread thing, Ranma was kind of like, okay, whatever. But if you're gonna duel with me, okay, I like. I like to fight, let's do it. But mm-hmm. with the whole spring thing, Ranma was definitely responsible for that, but he didn't even know he, he knocked Ryoga. He did it. I don't think so. I, I might be mis- It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been time. a long time. It, I'm, I'm amazed I can even remember this much. Me so too. I apologize if I messed any of this up, but the basics of it are there, I think. So pretty much the whole rival rivalry lies with someone blaming someone else for things that happen mm-hmm. to them. And in the end, Rama really doesn't give a shit <laughs> at all, um, which is kind of funny, the fact that their rivalry continues throughout the series. And I think the only reason that it does continue, since Rama really could care less about poor Ryoga's misfortunes, is the fact that Ryoga is blatantly in love with Akane. He has no problem, you know, showing his affection, whereas Ranma, he plays the role of, well, I secretly like Akane, but I can't tell anyone that. I had to pretend like I don't like her. So the fact that Ryoga is so open with his emotions and his affection for Akane, I think is, yeah, exactly. I think that's the motivating factor for Ranma to even continue participating in this one-sided rivalry. Gotcha. I think at this point, it's not really a one-sided rivalry anymore. Gotcha. So the one difference between this relationship and the one between Goku and Vegeta is the fact that this has a little bit of romantic tension in it. Gotcha. Ooh. And it's never a factor in Dragon Ball. So with these two, it stems from... not They weren't forced into the rivalry, it just kind of naturally happened through their... Ryoga kind of made it happen because gotcha. he's very self-centered, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think he was pissed about the fact that Rama didn't even know he was doing these things didn't to him, like, like taking his bread. <laughs> But then, you know, the whole Cursed Spring thing happened, and then the whole Akane thing. You know, Ryoga's whole perspective is, you don't deserve someone as great as Akane. You know, you treat her like shit, and she's such a great girl, I want to take care of her. That's another reason why I hate you. So he's got that angle. I'm going to take it into a different rivalry now, and this actually isn't even from manga or anime. Oh no. Really? It's going to be Ninja Turtles. Uh, what? I don't know. That's just how you think. Them, Them in April? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. No. This is from a video game. Ah, uh, oh, Because oh. I do that. Okay. Now, when you think of video game rivalries, there are a few that come to mind, but the biggest one is definitely Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. Now, when Street Fighter first came out, they were the exact same character, kind of palette swap, same moves, same everything. <laughs> and so, you know, you just naturally assume there's some connection between these two. And eventually, as the games move onwards, we, we get all this uh, great backstory with these two. And starting with, uh, mostly with hyperfighting, the two um, sets of moves for the two characters start to move away from each other. Um, Ken focuses more on the Shoryuken, and Ryu focuses more on the Hadouken. So you have two different styles clashing with each other. Now, what the story really is with these two is that they trained under the same master. So this isn't really a hatred rivalry. This is a friendship rivalry. A friendly rivalry. This isn't something that we really have with the Dragon Ball. I mean, in Dragon Ball, it turns into a friendly rivalry. But the difference with this one is that it starts that way and always stays that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when certain characters may or may not turn evil or violent, (laughs) they're still friends. Or banana. (laughs) Or banana. (laughs) Again, thank you, Mary. (laughs) Totally derailing me. Yeah, I do that. But this is a friendly rivalry. The two of them trained under the same master, and you know, eventually we get all the backstory with uh, Akuma and Goki, the same character, and they kind of get their own little side stories. Ken's off with Eliza and Ryu's um, walking with a bag. <laughs> but they're friends, and they have the same basic moves, and they always come together to fight. But there's always a smile on each other's faces, and especially when you play against each other in the games. They'll start off with, like, the noogie thing. They'll tap each other's fists. It, it's only friendship. That's all there is to it. So the rivalry exists so that they can better each other. Exactly. They're, uh-huh. they're not... I mean, they're concerned with one-upping... Well, I should say Ken is a little more concerned with one-upping Ryu. I think Ryu doesn't care so much. I mean, we can only we get so much. always got the character that doesn't care as much. <laughs> That's like, true. Like, Goku doesn't care as much. Rama doesn't care as much. Ryu doesn't care as much. Right. It's always that other dude. 
it cares a little more. And this is more so in you know the anime adaptations that we get. But you can also kind of see it in the games and their endings as well. But so this is um what I would consider the quintessential friendship rivalry in all of I wouldn't call it anime, but I guess um Japanese nerddom <laughs> is what it all stems from. There's not too much more to say about them, it's just that they're they're friends and um Aww. they like to get together and fight. So how do you want to compare this to Dragon Ball and Goku and Vegeta? Goku and Vegeta, like I said, they don't start as friends, but it turns into a friendly rivalry. And even then, Goku, he just kind of accepts it more so than he really cares about it. It's just mm-hmm. kind of there for him. And he he sees Vegeta as a friend. I think the closest they ever get to that is probably the end of Z. Yeah. like And that's remote, considering that you know, Bulma claims that Goku hasn't gotten in touch with them for years. <laughs> so I guess calling them friends at that point might be a bit of a stretch, but they certainly aren't at each other's throats. Right. And they even tap into that a little bit in GT, and I think of uh, two of them as Super Saiyan 4. They're just kind of having conversations together. You know, their enemies standing right there in front of them. And they're just kind of going at it with each other and like, all right, I guess I'll fuse. Like, he doesn't even care anymore. (laughs) He doesn't put up much of a fight like he used to. No, none of that. I'd rather die than fuse with you. Classic. Yes. Well, I guess we're going to turn it over to Julian here for something that is a little bit older than the rivalries we've mentioned thus far. Oh, yes. So what we're going to talk about here is the rivalry between two legendary figures, actually one of which you actually was in Dragon Ball as well. Right. But this is Amuro Rei and Ashar Aznable from Mobile Suit Gundam. The original. Yeah, and several follow-up series. (laughs) That's true. Also in the same continuity. Right. None of this whole seed stuff with the the ripped-off mecha designs from earlier series and all this crap. But, um, (laughs) so... I have no idea. I mean, they they kind of become rivals almost by what looks to be fate. I mean, on the one hand, you have Amuro, who is this civilian member of a of a colony population whose colony gets attacked, and so he kind of ends up becoming its protector and later a major hero of the Earth Federation by way of kind of hijacking a secret military weapon in development. And then you have Shar, who comes from the elite background, being a son of the namesake of the Principality of Zeon, and, you know, he has all of this rank and honor accorded to him, and he's, you know, on the ends with the Zabi family, which currently controls the government of that group. And they start to really not like each other when they realize that, um, you know, you know, they keep surviving the battles with each other, and later on there's this whole deal with a girl that they kind of inadvertently kill, uh, that they both fell in love with. Ah, the love issue. Yeah. But in any case, they're also both new types, which is, it's debatable whether it's actually a form of evolution, as they say, but it's a mutation, and people are, like, almost psychic in a way that they can sort of feel the essences of other people around them and be kind of control things psychically. I had no so, idea so, any of that was in Gundam. That makes so it you, sound interesting to me. I know, now I actually might want to watch it. And so you have this enmity developed between these two individuals, even though they're from such different backgrounds. Uh, they really don't like each other. <laughs> and they keep fighting each other again and again and again in the original series. But then it gets turned on its head in the follow-up series, Zeta, where they kind of become uneasy allies in the um, United Earth, Anti-Earth Union Group, or AEUG, which kind of rebels against the Federation and its oppressive Titans Force, which has risen up and kind of um, been really fascistic and stuff. Um, But then they become enemies again later on, and they... No way to spoil it, dude! Okay, well, well, you don't have to say that part, then. (laughs) Well, they do end up becoming enemies later on, and they do have a climactic battle of rivals eventually. Really, they're just kind of set up through the entire series to be kind of opposites in terms of ideology, uh, with uh, Amuro representing this basically forces of hope and believing in the goodness of people, where Shar is really obsessed with getting people to go into space and become um, the so-called new types, which he believes to be a further evolution of humanity. And so you've got kind of this two very different perspectives on how the world should be, and they just keep coming into conflict repeatedly, uneasy alliances from time to time. Would you say a lot of the rivalry is just based on ideologies? Um, well, I, they, they do have a very deep-seated personal um, hatred of one another, because, um, you know, they both love the same girl who kind of died at <laughs> Amuro's hand. Uh, neither one of them really seems to get over her, even though they go on to be with other people. So there's this kind of general sentiment 
that you know not only are they pretty evenly matched in terms of power, but they also just they really just seem to clash repeatedly on things that overlap with both. Well, that's what you just mentioned being equal in power. That's something that's prevalent through everything that we've mentioned so far. Nice. Is that everyone's if they're not equal in power, they're very close to it, and someone's just on the edge of being able to one up the other dude. Mary, is that true with Ranma and Ryoga as well? Or is Ryoga, it's, he's always a little outclassed? He's, and that's pretty much one of the driving forces behind his character. In, uh -huh. in one of the later seasons, one of Ryoga's attacks is based solely on his depression. <laughs> and it, his depression makes him stronger. Oh so it's almost like he has to use that to, the fact that he isn't as good as Ranma, he has to use that knowledge to his advantage to his advantage for this attack. But um, for the most part, they're pretty evenly matched. Mm -hmm. But Rama's always been He's, a little bit better. Yeah, that's what I figured. But it's almost unfair to kind of compare them to the likes of Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, when, when Ryoga learned a key attack, it was like, whoa! Right. And it's just like, boop! I remember, like, little, little tiny thing. You whoa. and I, you showed me, like, the first two or two and a half or three seasons. I remember saying, I thought there were key attacks in the show. There are in the <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> But, um... Much later on. Yeah. Yeah, we never get that far. With mm -hmm. me, anyways. Right. Because, you know, you, you see it once, you've seen it all. More or less. But the early stuff's better than... I know. Nevertheless, though, I mean, I, I guess, uh, now that we've discussed Gundam pretty thoroughly, I, I, I guess I can't really let this go without discussing, well, you probably know what's coming, but One Piece. <laughs> and, um, it's interesting to see that even though there are kind of things that are set up like rivalries in this series, it's uh -huh. hard to say whether there's really a set rivalry between Luffy and anyone else. You know, when we were making the uh, the outline for this episode, I was like, you know, are we going to talk about One Piece? Are we going to talk about Naruto? And I'm very briefly going to touch on Naruto. Yeah. But with One Piece, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, it's always the group against the other group of bad guys. Mm -hmm. And they all get their individual fights against people. But there aren't really, I mean, and I'm very much far behind, but there doesn't seem to be any long-standing grudge matches. Except for, like, Azuru and Tashini, maybe. And even that, well, I mean, it's probably maybe. long since over, for all well, I know. No, it's probably still going, because Tashigi vows at the... Well, that's a spoiler, but she vows to... Don't! She vows to grow stronger, and that's oh, yeah. a major hint that she'll probably come into conflict with Zoro again right. sooner or later. The thing about Luffy, though, is that he tends to not really care so much about rivalry. He's there's like certain, Goku! There's certain well, indications, in a way, that... Well, obviously, he wants to be the Pirate King, so sooner or later, he's going to probably have to come into contact with... With Shanks, who right. is a major, super awesome, incredible pirate. He uh, is a pretty fucking cool guy. Yeah. And then you also have people like Kobe, who <laughs> Luffy inspires to set up about achieving his dreams. And right. he swears that somewhere down the road he is going to, you know, arrest Luffy because he's a pirate. And right. Kobe's part of the Navy. Uh, and, then, and then there's people like Buggy. Buggy, <laughs> that moron who gets his ass kicked repeatedly right. and swears each time that he's going to come back and have his revenge on the Straw Hat. And are those so much rivalries as they are kind of grudges. goals? Yeah. They're kind of, well, there's certain things like the enemies that really, really hate Luffy. Right. It's more of a grudge. Right. There's certain things perhaps that are more goals. I mean, Smoker having the goal of eventually catching up to Luffy and right. capturing him, even though he has his own discontents with the naval command, and Kobe wanting to eventually become a great, you know, Navy man and arrest Luffy because he's a pirate. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, I guess it's more, in a way, the whole idea of dreams, which is hit upon repeatedly in One Piece. Right. Very much um, so. And, and that comes into play with the other characters as well, because you have Sanji, you have Zoro, you have Nami, all old Chopper and other person who you probably don't uh, realize is in the crew yet. No, I know. Okay. But they all have their individual dreams, and they're probably going to come into conflict with people. Conflict? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> they're probably going to come into conflict with people in order to get there. And in a way, that I guess you could say that's a rivalry, but it's really hard to say whether there's anything as clear-cut as another series. But I don't know. I kind of think it's refreshing. Oh, definitely. As opposed to something like Naruto and Sasuke. <laughs> Now, not that this is bad, because, you know, just as much as I love all the characters in Dragon Ball, I love all the characters in One Piece, and I love all the characters in Naruto. But the rivalry between Naruto and Sasuke is very much a cliché. 
cliche one, but it still works. Now, I got to say, I, again, this is another thing I'm so far behind on. And part of it was that, you know, I left college. And another part was that, you know, I got a real job. And another part was that it got licensed. So this is like all this against me. I never got up to what I only call for myself the um, Naruto versus Majin Sasuke arc. <laughs> but, Super Saiyajin Sasuke. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I never got up to that part. I, I kind of know what's going on, but it's very much like a Goku and Vegeta thing going on. I think out of all the ones yeah. that we've talked about, this one's the closest, the closest to Goku definitely. and Vegeta. Yeah. In both appearance yeah, and personality. Blue and orange. So too, because they, they talk, even though Sasuke kind of is evil of his own free will, that they're going to one day, you know, save him from Orochimaru, and Naruto makes this promise to Sakura that he's going to right. rescue him, even though he maybe doesn't want to be rescued. <laughs> so the, the question arises, you know, what is it? What kind of rivalry is it? Do they yeah. really hate each other? Does Naruto simply want to, you know, get him to have a little sense smacked into his head or what? Right. I mean, does he really want to be possessed by this demon guy who's kind of crazy? And, you know, the whole rivalry starts kind of indirectly because they were thrown onto a team together. I mean, yeah. even just very, very early on, you know, first episode, first chapter, they're in school together, but they're not really interacting or anything. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of kids. It's not until they're um, all put with Kakashi that this really starts evolving into something. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of thrown into the rivalry because they have to. And there's kind of a girl mixed in there. Is it really? It's like a one-way triangle, I guess yeah. you would call it. Naruto, <laughs> Naruto to Sakura, Sakura to Sasuke, and then... Well, I guess there's no bottom uh, to the triangle. Mike. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, hey, if, I if, didn't if the go there. If the fans of the series are to be believed, then there would be something <laughs> right. to that other side of the triangle, but let's not go there. It is a bottomless triangle. It is just two lines. Let's leave it at that. Is there any other comparison we can make between Naruto and Sasuke, Goku and Vegeta? Um, well, one's it, cool and calm and collected, and one's kind of loud and stupid. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, another thing is that Sasuke desires above everything else power, whereas Naruto has a very specific goals. He wants to be the next um, Hokage? Hokage. Hokage. And, you know, he wants to be this top ninja. And even though he seems to, you know, miss out on a lot of things due to, you know, special training or just being dumb as a brick. Um, <laughs> All these heroes are stupid. I love it. You know, his goal is not so much power in and of itself, but to prove himself to people that Recognition. he's a competent individual. Right. Because, you know, people have always been putting him down. You know, he's not that mature, but he it's maybe not necessarily even a more noble goal, but he but he's his got one. aim is not to, you know, put people down because Th that's the great way to power. describe it yeah it's, it's he's not there to take control of people necessarily he, he just wants to be cool <laughs> he wants to be the pretty cool guy that yeah. that sums up naruto on such an amazing level <laughs> <laughs> yeah sasuke just wants to be you know sasuke sasuke is sasuke well are there any other comparisons between all these that we can make? I think saying that two of them are blue and orange is uh, <laughs> the best, and that makes it awesomeness. Wow, that's that's right. <laughs> well, I mean, you do hear it said that uh, Naruto is very much based on Dragon Ball in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, without uh, a doubt. Kishimoto very much um, big fan. Likes Dragon Ball. Well, we want to know what you all think about these rivalries and others that we either don't know about ourselves or didn't get around to speaking about. So hop over to Daisenshu EX. We got a forum thread for every podcast episode. Sound off. Tell us. What did we miss? What did we not miss? What did you enjoy? What do you want to say? Tell us. Tell us. Please. Well, Julian Sensei, once again, it is time for your DBZ ABCs, where every week we hit up the next letter in the alphabet and explain something interesting. So, our letter this week is W. And for this week, I thought I would discuss one of the more amusing points of um, Dragon Ball, and I'm going to start this off with welcome. That's, that's not one word, it's welcome. <laughs> that is the sign that hangs over the entrance to the judging area of Emma Dayo. And sadly, it's actually fixed for the release. Of the I manga know, and so sad. The manga, so, uh, you know what? You... It's also fixed in Super DBZ, I think. Wow. Yeah. 
But if you're fortunate enough to have the original version of the show, either the original release, the manga, or the TV show in Japanese, I'm, I'm assuming if it's the uncut, whatever edition, right. that'll have that. It's, um, yeah. So, I mean, technically, if you go back into the etymology of the word, that's where it comes from. I it mean, makes you see, sense. You see, you see it in willkommen, welcome in um, Dutch, and also the even even the the Romance languages, benvenuto, etc., etc. You know, it's it's a it's an auspicious coming, like welcome. But uh, nevertheless, it's wrong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean. Occasionally, you do get these kind of really awkward, not quite English things. Uh, Dragon Ball does, isn't too heavy on that kind of thing. I mean, mostly you get stuff like spelled out in non-standard ways. Like, uh, there's one title page that has Yajirobe spelled with a V. Um, but uh, every so often, you'll get one of those weird, weird spelling mishmashes. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. It is very funny. Um, and like you mentioned... other examples off the top of my head, but I know there are. Like you mentioned, this was actually fixed in the Kanzenban re-release yes. of the manga. One of the graphical edits, uh, they did relatively few of them. Very few graphical edits, very few textual edits. Um, and that was one of the few that actually got done. Except so. there's still, like, a space in there, isn't there? Uh, yeah, they didn't move the letters around anywhere. <laughs> they just blacked out the letter L. So it looks kind of dumb, but... Yeah. But it's fixed. Well, uh, welcome is our okay. W for the week. That's our W. We'll try to put up some scans and screenshots in the uh, forum thread for the episode. So like I said, every episode gets its own forum thread. Uh, if I can remember to do so. So Julian, you'll have to remind me. Okay. That will be your job. You speak about it, I'll do the pictures. Is it a deal? Is it capiche? Guess so. I guess that doesn't really make sense as a sentence, but that's okay because now I'm going to turn it over to Mary and her top five list. Now, Mary, your top five list this week is once again fantastically related to the topic from the week. Yeah, I love how we're doing this lately. I do too. It makes it easier to come up with top five lists. It does. It's like I can't tell if we're being cool or if we're being lazy. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. It means there's no shortage of uh, top five list ideas as That's long as true. we tie it into the topic. That's right. So this week we're going to do the top five rivalries from the Dragon Ball series. Yes, indeed you do. Good stuff. We'll, we'll just get right on into it. Your number five rivalry. At number five, you could probably classify this one as one of the friendly rivalries a la Ken and Ryu. Exactly. And as such, I decided it warrants a place on the list. I'm talking, of course, about Goku versus a fish. I mean, Goku versus <sighs> Kuririn, Krillin. There you go. I tried it. I tried it. You did. And, uh... Mad props. Thank you. No so, um, this one starts off, I guess, with Krillin... That was the best pronunciation <laughs> I have ever heard in my life. Krillin. Krillin. You can Kr just call him Krillin. That's fine. No. Kr Krillin shows up at uh, Roshi's Island, picking a fight, looking for a good time. <laughs> Well, offering porn. <laughs> offering porn. <laughs> this kid's got it all. Um, and again, it's it starts off as kind of a one-sided rivalry where... That's true. Krill is like, hey, you kid, I'm going to be the number one pupil. That's Back right. down, kiddo. And uh, they train together. I love the dialogue you give them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I make them sound really stupid. Well, I mean, they are, but... I guess. But eventually, you know, it becomes... They come around. A lifelong friendship. It's beautiful. The training stuff with those two is just some of my favorite material in the series. Delivering the milk, you know, that that is awesome stuff. I love it. Mm -hmm. We're going to move on? No, yeah, yeah, we are. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I had a thought in my head, um, well, and I said no to it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry you have these thoughts. I know it's very disruptive yeah, to you speaking. Yeah, really. Oh, number four rivalry. You know, number four, I kind of lied. It's a, it's another friendship one. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm a fan of them after all. Okay. It's uh, Goten and Trunks. Good stuff. Which, this one is different from Goku and Krillin because this one never starts off with one immediately disliking the other. In fact, we don't even see when these two actually meet. That's true. We just assume they grew up together. The only thing they have going against each other is the fact that their dads hate each other. <laughs> so I wonder if Vegeta kind of resents that. It's like, well, you're going around playing with that damn Son kid. We do get a hint that Trunks isn't impressed with Goku at all. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like, he's not as cool as my dad. Exactly. And then he kind of comes around when he feels that Super Saiyan 3 aura going on. Well, uh, number three will wake you up. Yeah, because it's hot old man action. Um, it's not really hot. There's the bottom of that triangle again. <laughs> 
Ew. Mary, the number three rivalry. It's Kame Senin and Sudu Senin. Yay! Turtle versus Crane. The it's... eternal struggle. And it's not just the two people. No, the reason why this is placing so highly on the list, and I know that might seem a little bit odd at first glance, is because this rivalry has an impact on so many other characters around these two and is the basis for, I guess, the faction of heroes that we know and love being That's under true. the... Kame Senin. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got Kame Senin with good old Goku, Krillin, and Yamcha, and then Suryu Senin with, you know, these up-and-comers, Chaozu and Tenshinhan, uh, who are pretty damn evil. <laughs> kind of sadistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, that fight between Tenshinhan and Yamcha at that tournament, I mean, that is evil mm-hmm. shit. Right. And it isn't even so much about these two groups fighting each other so much as it is the two masters of these clans, you know, Kind of indirectly going at it. Living vicariously <laughs> through their exactly. students. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, pardon me for being an awful fan. I don't even remember why these two hate each other. I just assumed it was they were maybe comrades or just... Kind of taking him back to Ryu and Ken. They both trained under Mutaito. Oh, oh, was that a filler episode? Well, I mean... Did they s- show them as kids yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, then I've seen that one. Yeah. All right. But we know that anyways through the regular story. Oh, gotcha. They trained together. Okay. Just uh, different ideologies again, I guess. Serious ending is definitely more violent. Very much so. <laughs> Killing is fun. Well, Mary, we're getting into the big stuff here. Mm-hmm. Number two rivalry. Number two, um, we mentioned this earlier, Goku and Piccolo. Definitely. Um, don't know what we can say about them um, beyond what we've already said, but it's pretty much the basis for what is great about early Dragon Ball Z, late Dragon Ball. Hell's uh, yeah. We talked about it last week in my top five list about the uh, 23rd Budokai. It's this rivalry that really heats up this tournament. And the Reddit stuff is just amazing with these two. Yeah. It really is. Like You really feel the tension between these two guys. Piccolo you know, with is, the, it's only five episodes, but yeah. that's like good, good stuff right it is there. Amazing stuff. Piccolo is so fucking happy to get rid of the two of them. Right. He's got that shit-eating grin on his face when he fires that attack. I love it. Uh huh. That's what makes uh, the first movie really good too, and second and third. Yeah. Well, not so much the third. Okay, first there's, and second. There's a little bit, but you know, Dragon Ball Z movie two is like the only other chance we get to see Goku versus Piccolo. Yep. And that's why I like it. Well animated, no Me less. Me too. Yeah. Definitely. Good stuff. Well, uh, number one, um, Goku versus the fish. Goku versus Vegeta. Uh-huh. Needs no introduction, needs no explanation. I guess if this episode listened, was about it. <laughs> if you've listened this far, you understand what this rivalry is all about. You get why. You know why. They don't need little old me explaining it to you. It's number one. Good shiznit. Well, that concludes your top five list, and that means it's time to move on into the releases for November. Woo! So, Julian, what's coming out on November 8th, we think? Because I didn't see it in stores today, so that means it's next week. That would be Budokai Tenkaichi Do. Smack. Or as barking Neo as it's called in Japan. Um, and here on this podcast. Yes, apparently the Japanese music will not be present in the game, according to what you've written on the outline. <laughs> it's also 30, true. Thirty nine ninety five on Amazon. Uh, Atari doesn't even have an official release date or price on their website, but we're thinking it's coming out this coming week. Yeah, it should be. Amazon's got that date up there for next week. and um, Yes, and it's leaked to the internet for all the bad kitties because they're mean and they don't pay for things. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. a toned-down version of your rant. <laughs> yeah, this is a couple episodes ago. I get a little more in-depth. <laughs> a little more colorful language going on there. It's oh, our, yes. our rated R version of Dyson Chewy X, the podcast. You mean like red and blue? Yeah. <laughs> red versus blue? Oh, that wasn't the joke, but that works as oh, well. Okay. Coming out on November 14th, finally from Funimation, we are getting the Dragon Ball Z movies 1 through 3 re-release. Now... We finally have some advertisements for this stuff out there. They oh. do not have the Ultimate Uncut Edition label on them at all. It's oh. probably a wise move, though. Probably. Since they're abandoning that outright. Yeah. I... You know what would be really cool? What's that? Is to take the original dub from back in, like, when they originally released it to, like, VHS and Laserdisc and DVD. Uh-huh. And put that with the video from the Dragon Box. I'm sure people already have, and I've been wanting to for a while. I just haven't I gotten around to it. Illegal. But it would be neat hey, to watch that. Hey, I own both. I have purchased Dead Zone so many fucking times, and I'm gonna do it again next week so or in two weeks. That's right. I think by this, I bought it dubbed on VHS, bought it subbed on VHS. Had the fan subs back in the day, of course. That doesn't really count. So I've got dubbed VHS, sub VHS, 
the Pioneer DVD, I've got the Ultimate Uncut DVD, I've got the Dragon Box, and then I'm getting it again with the Funimation re-release. So that's six times. I think I have a right to combine the audio and video at this point. Okay. And there's another one of my little rants. So that's coming out on November 14th. Right Stuff's got it up for $22.49, and I think we saw that Deep Discount DVD has it for like $18 for three DVDs. So definitely check that shit out. And of course, these are, you know, much better looking than the 1997, 1998 releases, but not Dragon Box footage. Um, Redubbed does not contain the original Japanese music on there. Redone scripts. On the other hand, the Japanese side does have Steve subtitles now, so that is a very good thing. Man, I don't know how people would go without Picoro Zandaisuki in the English dub. I know! Good God! It, like, defines that movie. Yeah, I mean, what what would go along with those visuals? I mean... I've... I have no idea. What have they done in the past? I don't remember what they did in Dead Zone. I think they played some, like, circus music or some shit like that. Did they even allude to the fact that Gohan's, like, high? I did not watch the ultimate uncut redub of the movie. I I guess you'd have no reason to, really. (laughs) Dubs making me sad brings us to video game thing. Mary, November 23rd. Got my pre-order in. That's right. Finally. Yay. With coupon. With coupon. At the Ooh. end of the month, we've got Jump Ultimate Stars, the Hell jump yeah. video game extravaganza sequel to the other one. Jump um, we've Stars. got this on the <laughs> uh, Japanese DS for $48.90 on PlayAsia. Of course, my outline says PlayAsia. Play, play assy. <laughs> I think I'm missing what? a letter there. <laughs> it's got Wi-Fi connection. It does. Yay. This is going to be so awesome. I've already challenged certain individuals to matches yes. here. We are going to go crazy. I hope you get pounded. Crazy. Jeez, you are so enthusiastic for my wins. Well, because you think you're the shit. That's I don't think I'm the shit. <laughs> I know I'm the shit. I know there's people better than you. Yes. I'm sure so there are. But come I out of the woodwork. But I haven't but fought them show yet. Show them what's up. If you take out the definite article from that phrase, I think you might get something a little more accurate. No. <laughs> uh, November 23rd, uh, uh, just around $50. So okay. awesome. So, so uh, that sums up releases, don't it? It don't. I mean, it do. It do. It do. <laughs> that means it's time for emails. Our first email this week comes to us from Cyan. I wonder if that's related to, you know, Saiyajin, and they say Cyan in other countries. Maybe they just like the color. Or if they mean blue. I don't know. I think it's Cyan, as in Saiyajin. That is my decision. And here okay. is their email. Hi! I recently listened to the DaiZX podcast number 41, the podcast concerning Daizenshu. I might be completely wrong in saying this, but I don't believe it was stated where you could get some of the DBZ Daizenshu. Only the DBGT Perfectu Fayaru. Hopefully that's spelt correctly. Um, <laughs> except for... Eh, Except well, for what? Spell it in English. <laughs> <laughs> Being that I'm a real whore for Japanese style books in general, yeah. I'd be really interested in buying some. So down to the question. Is it still possible to get some of the older books, specifically the Daisenshu with the anime guides? I believe it was said that these had very cool original art. And if so, where would it be most feasible to get them, specifically to the UK, for decent prices, with hopefully lowish postage. Thanks for your time. If you can mention this email on the podcast, that'd be dandy. Well, uh, this is cool, cool dandy for you. Oh! Uh, You're a nerd. Oh. So, yeah, eBay's your friend, and yeah, these books have been out of print for a long-ass time. Hey, this podcast is also your friend, because yeah. you need to listen later in the episode. We might be giving away a, a podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll give away this podcast. <laughs> yes, wow. That could be a contest. Take my podcast, please. Uh, host a podcast for you. So, uh, if you understand what my fuck-up was there, you want to listen to later in the episode. Like Mary was saying, yeah, these books have been out of print forever. They are not easy to track down anymore. It's really easy to get all the newer stuff, uh, but for the Daisenshu, really, eBay's your friend, honestly. You're not going to pay anything less than, like, $20, $25, $30 for them individually. If you do, that's really awesome. So, eBay's your friend. Uh, Yahoo auctions, probably some good stuff there. Maybe... The Japanese ones, right. I don't know. I've never bothered to look to see if they have any on there. But that might be a viable option. You're not going to just walk into a store or order them off of a site. Unless you go to AWA and you just randomly see them in a box <laughs> for $10. Oh, uh, I am. Um, you should have cool. bought all of them. I was yeah. so stupid because I'm like, I should have mm. just went and bought them all. But no, it has a good ending. 
Because the dude that came up to us later and said, I forget his name. I'm so awful with names. But just, um, you know, was a fan of the podcast and talked to us about it later. He bought the rest of them. Oh, good. And he was saying how excited he was to get them all. So they went to a good home. And that makes me just as happy. A good home being someone who likes you. Uh, No. Well, that too. But also someone who is really excited to get them. So that's cool stuff. Um, So our next email. Yeah. Comes to us from Andrew Shear. And he writes... Hello, Julian, Mary, and Vegito EX. Listed in order of favorite to least favorite. You messed it up. <laughs> what? Oh, no, I see you're making a joke. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> it took you long enough. No, God, you're so slow on the uptake. <laughs> Don't make fun. Okay. Mike well, Smarting. Not in any particular order, but I like being listed first. All right. Anyway, he says, I was wondering who each of your favorite characters are. I know who Mary's favorite character is, as she's stated it a few times, but I've never heard or read who Julian or EX's favorite. What a weird. Um, thanks for hopefully reading and answering my question, and keep up the good work. Well, you got the wrong podcast, because there was no good work here. There was only assholes. <laughs> yeah. Mary, your yeah. favorite is the fish. Julian, your favorite character. <laughs> my favorite character. The other fish, the crab. My favorite <laughs> no. character. Your favorite character is obviously Trunks. All right, we really didn't need to ask that. Julian, your favorite character. Do you have one? Mr. Satan. That's true. You do like him a lot. You've mentioned that yeah. to me. He's he's amusing to me. Mr. Satan, my Satan. favorite character. Uh, Not Boo, but people seem to think ex. so. No, my favorite character is not Vegito EX. My favorite character, I actually think it may be Frieza. I can see that. You go pretty gay for him. <laughs> God, you do. It's hard for me to think otherwise. You're like, oh, he spoke. Oh, my pants are getting tighter. Oh, Mike wants to slash him. <laughs> yeah. who, who was it? I, I believe there were two people calling for serious answers here. Uh, yes, my favorite character is probably Frieza. Combination of the voice, the demeanor, just... The cocky attitude that yeah. is so relatable. This is getting up on Mike <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are all answering seriously. We're just picking you up know what? We're just trying to get in as many jazz as we fired. can. You are all fired. You know what? Uh, our, our special guest on the one-year anniversary episode is going to be my new co-host. And I think just Andrew and Jeff are going to have to be... No. It's the big, the big was, Dragon Ball expert oh no. friends of ours. That, that's okay, because at least I can make fun of Andrew. <laughs> he dishes it back, you know. I know, but... With interest. But then we both take our pants off and jacket. <laughs> oh, no. All right, that's going to wrap up emails for the week. Did we even... Oh, I guess we did answer the question. <laughs> yeah, crab. Yeah, I, I like crabs. If you want to send us questions or comments or whatever the hell you do, I don't know, head over to Daisenshu EX. It is a website as well. It's got a contact link on the left, and you click it and shit, and you know what to do. You're smart. You're listening to this show. you got to be smart. So uh, now it's time to talk about the contest. We were talking about Daisenshu. We want to give away a Daisenshu because we have lovely people who give us stuff to give away to you people. Oh, I want to win one. No! you Like we said, you can just borrow mine for several years at a time. Okay. So we're giving away Daisenshu 3 TV Animation Part 1. We're going to be giving it away on our one-year anniversary podcast episode. That'll be on November 19th. So all you need to do is send an email to contest at DaisyX.com. That is C-O-N. T-E-S-T at... D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Indeedly doodly. So, you need to get these emails in by November 17th at 12 noon Eastern Time. We're going to have quite an extravaganza giving this away. It is a Daisenshu. And like we mentioned last week, you never know what else is going to be in that package when you open it when you win a prize from Daisenshu EX. Maybe I'll send Julian. Maybe poo on a stick. Oh. Maybe poo on a stick indeed. Maybe a Nintendo Wii. No, there will not be a Nintendo Wii. No. I, I think Mike said something about freezing himself until it comes out, though. <laughs> I can't take it anymore! You have to be patient, dear. I don't wanna. Oh, dear. Science, oh. damn you. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Um, oh, dear. So, oh, my science. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
This was Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 50. And this will be the last time you hear from Julian and Mary. <laughs> Bye, oh! gang. It's been fun. <laughs> Hope you like our replacements. We'll just have to pick on Mike for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, the episode's over. Gotta get oh. in our last licks. licks. Ooh, I like where this is going. Uh-uh. Uh, oh! Right over, see what I did there? That was amazing. I got no comeback. No, you don't. Uh. Well, uh... I guess we're going to say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. Mary, mm-hmm. you can be found at Temple O Trunks. That's this is right. another website. It's a wacky, lovable Trunks fan site. You can go there sometimes. Uh-huh. And I don't think I've had a bandwidth problem. You did the night of the 31st. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I can't care too much about that. Nah, no biggie. So you can go check it out at www.templeotrunks.com templetrunks.com Good stuff. And Julian and I can be found at DaisenChuiEX where I'm hopefully going to be putting up the tidbit of the Sparking Neo characters. I did all my pictures. That was a hell of a time. But uh, I was going to get it up tonight. Probably not tonight. But uh, Julian... Yes. You can find Daizenchu EX at www.daizex.com That's com. And uh, apparently you can find a Prime Terra there. Woo, so folks, uh, it's been fun. It's time to wrap it up. So uh, for Mary, and for Julian, and for myself, Michael Labrie, Vegito EX, I am heaven sent. Don't you dare forget. 大前中 EX ポッドキャスト今週も聞いてくださってありがとうございます次回をお楽しみに